Eggsgate 2020. <laughs> I responded. I said, are we canceling eggs now? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Cancel eggs. Cancel those eggs, baby. Speaking of eggs. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. You've tuned in to the fastest-growing Star Wars podcast on this side of Moss Eisley. Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. This is the Scarif Podcast. Oh, man. I think it's that time. Welcome to another episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. This is Ro from Chicago talking to you live, not really live, pre-recorded, but uh, having a good old time with my buddy Brad. Brad, how's it going, man? Am I what? I'm, am, am I the butt to your scuttle still? What are we doing you, here? Uh, you know, you are the butt to my scuttle. I think uh, it's starting to get a little uncomfortable there, Brad. I don't know about you. <laughs> Where? Well, it's about to get more uncomfortable. So, uh, <laughs> that in, is folks. true. Uh, that it's is 2020, true. so we are talking about unfertilized eggs on the Scarab <laughs> Scuttle Butt. We didn't think we'd be here, but here we are. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. How, how do you like your eggs? Well, so... Not fertilized. <laughs> Not fertilized. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about episode two of The Mandalorian, The Smuggler. No, I'm sorry, The Passenger. The Passenger. The passenger. Um, I know later on we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our uh, rating system that we just came up with. And uh, <laughs> we'll be able to, uh, you know what? I can't wait to make a graphic on that. Uh, that's all you. That's <laughs> That's all you. But um, yeah, how many times have you seen it? I only watched this one once, and that wasn't because of unliking it. I, th- I thought it was actually pretty enjoyable. Um, but uh, I just didn't have a chance this weekend uh, to do more, uh, to watch it more. But, you know, people uh, ask for uh, more Baby Yoda uh, after episode one or episode nine, however you want to look at it. Uh, and they got more Baby Yoda. I'm not sure it's in the fashion they were hoping for. But uh, they got their wish. They got more Baby Yoda in this episode. Absolutely. And we're dropping this Monday. It has been um, decided that Monday is uh, spoil-free, the the day that we all are okay with spoiling things. Uh, We're definitely going to talk a little bit about the episode, uh, some details. If you have not seen the episode, uh, you know, give us a pause Head over to Disney Plus, check it out, and then come back. But uh, that was your fair warning. Um, I too did only. I, I only watched it once, and uh, my son was a little busy with his uh, Minecrafting and video gaming, and I knew that he would give me an excuse to watch it tomorrow, Dad. I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll watch it tomorrow. So <laughs> I said, "Forget it. I'm going to watch it on my own," and because uh, 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 we got some things to discuss, Brad. Yeah, I mean, my son and I have kind of made it a new tradition. Uh, uh, six o'clock on Friday mornings, we are we are watching The Mandalorian. We're usually uh, uh, half awake at best at that time, so that's a good uh, first time to watch it. And then uh, usually we watch it at least one more time over the weekend. Like I said, just didn't get a chance this weekend. You know, last week I mentioned that for me that first episode was good, but, uh, you know, I'll use the term that I've been using. It's a little pedestrian kind of uh, – I don't want to use the word uh, – the term uh, filler episode because 
Um, you know, it, it does have kind of a, a bad connotation. I, I think they're all pretty enjoyable. Um, they might not deal with the main storyline of getting Yoda back to his kind, um, but they are enjoyable episodes. I think even the second one, um, I'm going to have to kind of relegate uh, myself, my mode of thinking to realizing that um, this is kind of going to be, you know, again, as advertised, this is a Western this is kind of a, a little, uh, you know, adventure of the week sort of thing. And, uh, I, you know, that being said, they're doing a pretty good job of, of that. Um, this week, uh, no less, uh, you know, we uh, go into an adventure with uh, Mando and the child. And um, like I said, we're going to have to kind of uh, retailer our, our, our thinking um, but I think that will probably make the meteor episodes a lot more enjoyable and a lot more fun to sink our teeth into, don't you think? Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think the the word in um, you you've got more film type experience uh, than than I or film knowledge and well and experience uh, than than I do. But you know the I think the word serial, the old serial type. Uh, episodes. That's what these are really feeling like. And I want to touch on um, one of the things I had from my show notes uh, that you mentioned uh, as advertised. Uh, number one, I want to go on record uh, because uh, I don't, I'm not uh, often wrong. I think it happens uh, once in a blue moon, but uh, here I am admitting that I'm wrong. Uh, I don't, thought that the. <laughs> I don't thought be so the, modest, Brad. I know, I know. It's uh, one of my finer qualities. Um, <laughs> You know, I thought the planet was going to be Ilum uh, that we saw in the trailers. It obviously was not. That was, you know, definitely from this episode here, and that certainly was not Ilum. So I was wrong on that prediction. I think so far I've been wrong on uh, every single prediction I've made, uh, if not probably 90% of them. Don't know if that's good or bad, um, but uh, I want to talk about as advertised, and I think at this point we've probably seen at least 90% of the footage that was in the trailers, you know, between the trailer and the little special look uh, that we got, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing that we've seen just about everything that's in? The, I think, you know, the, the, um, the woman that's uh, cloaked, you know, that the, the cloaked figure on the streets uh, I think, you know, obviously we haven't seen that yet. Um, but besides that, you know, that's the major one. Do you see that as a good thing or a bad thing that we've seen most everything, or is that expected, do you think? Um, and we also haven't seen the Imperial transport, true. Uh, tr uh, you know, scene. Um, I, it, I'm kind of on the fence on that, but I, I really do think that, well, uh, let me jump over the fence. I think that's a good thing. I think uh, they left a lot of things... Um, you know, back. They held a lot of things back because obviously there's a lot of rumors that have been floating around. Obviously, now we know that uh, Boba Fett was in that last shot. We know that they're on Tatooine. So there's all these connections that we're going to be able to make. Um, I know, you know, there's, well, again, speculation on that uh, blue-haired wrestler uh, lady, actress, whatever, who may or may not be, you know, Sabine. Um, there's a lot of, uh, speculation, a lot of rumors that are going into the latter half of, uh, this season, which, uh, I think it's good that they held back on some of that footage because it gives us an opportunity to kind of, you know, to kind of be surprised all at once, um, you know, as we're watching the, uh, episodes instead of, 
you know, knowing everything before we actually see the episode. I think, uh, you know, we talked about it last week. I totally forgot that Tamora Morrison was was going to be in this or even cast uh, as the rumors uh, were dispelled a couple of months ago. And, you know, when he turned around and he popped up, pleasantly surprised. Again, it was out of my mind. I, I didn't... Um, I didn't know that was going to happen. So I love the fact that uh, that that footage, anything new was kind of held back. I want to be able to be surprised when I, you know, turn on Disney Plus and start watching the episodes, um, you know, very much like like we did with, you know, Rebels or with Clone Wars, especially when, you know, the storyline, you know, focused on Vader and Ahsoka and uh, the Sith and the Holocrons and Maul, all that stuff. You just want to be surprised you know, on the day of release, uh, you know, or at least, you know, when you first watch it and not get spoiled. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Um, I will say, uh, personally, when we started off this episode still on Tatooine, I personally was hoping that Fett would be involved. Uh, now that we do know he, he is in the show, uh, I was, um, you know, hoping that he would be involved already. Um, did, did you think he was going to get any involvement and, uh, were you disappointed at all that we didn't see him this time around? Um, no, um, really wasn't disappointed. Uh, again, you know, just, I just want to, I, I want to enjoy, you know, what he has to offer as far as his character and his inclusion in this. Um, I wasn't really disappointed. I know, you know, the story can go in many ways and I just, I'm, I'm open to absorbing where it goes. Obviously, we uh, we we got some uh, you know repeat characters on this one, um, and uh, he's uh, with uh, Amy Sedaris's character again, uh, Pelly Mata. We were looking for her name last week. Uh, she's Pelly. Uh, she's still funny as hell, I think, and uh, a great addition. Um, yeah, we talked. I think it really does come off as a serial type show, uh, sort of a tongue-in-cheek uh, western type show. So I think she's a great addition to that. It was a uh, it was awesome for me to see, you know, the, the cantina and was that the, did you get the vibe that was the cantina from episode four or do you think that was just some random cantina? No, I think, uh, I was looking around and it definitely has the same look. Uh, yeah. The bar looked very variation similar. There is. The, yeah. So, but you know, that cantina, it could be like a franchise. So different it could be wars. Now, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It could have a few of them there in Moss Eisley. Uh, it was fun to see her playing, uh, Sabacc. Uh, so I love more connections in the, in the star Wars universe playing with Dr. Mandible, which is of course is a great name for a, a giant bug <laughs> creature. But, uh, so just in general, what, what were your thoughts on, on the overall story? You know, we talk a lot uh, when when we do have the discussion about Easter eggs and throwbacks and things like that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people may have problems with over-the-top Easter eggs. But I think uh, in this case, there were a lot there. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I, I you know, uh, skipping ahead, I mean, even to the, uh, the spiders in the cave, they were, you know, very Ralph McQuarrie-esque uh, from some of his original artwork. And I, I'm so, uh, I'm so glad that they, you know, they kind of uh, recreated those, uh, those creatures with such fidelity to the original material. Um, it doesn't seem like they diverted in any way, shape, or form. I mean, they looked like a Ralph McQuarrie uh, painting. And uh, bringing them to life, uh, it was just a delight. I liked it a lot. 
Yeah, you know, Anthony Daniels once said, you know, he uh, wanted the role of C-3PO so bad because, you know, when he was going for casting, he saw that Ralph McQuarrie painting up on the wall, you know, and he said he could see C-3PO like speaking to him from yeah. the art. And that is the, the, the beauty and the magic of Ralph McQuarrie painting is they, is they speak to you. They, they come alive. You know, the one with Luke and Vader, and like you can just feel those. Um, and so, yeah, this was uh, one of the ones, a uh, concept art from Hoth uh, for Empire Strikes Back. I don't think they, they didn't actually use it uh, for Empire in the, in the final uh, cut, but, uh, you know, it was based off that. So, it, like you said, it was great to see that come to life. Absolutely. I, uh, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised and uh, a little spooked out at uh, the spiders. I mean, you know, there was a scene, there's always a scene of like little spiders chasing you. And uh, those are always creepy. I remember, you know, in the remake of Lost in Space with uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc, um, there's a scene like that, very similar to uh, what we just saw. But uh, overall, I think, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to start talking about the elephant in the room, um, but uh, I'm going to go uh, scramble up some eggs while you think about it, if yeah. uh, you catch my meaning. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, uh, Din Jaren has to escort the, the frog lady, as she's known, uh, back to a, to a planet where she can uh, get her... I want to get her eggs fertilized, uh, help her eggs get hatched. Um, but uh, I want to give another shout out. I just looked up uh, who did the voice for the frog lady. And that's one of my favorite voice actors in D. Bradley Baker, who is just extraordinary because, you know, he did all the clones and the Clone Wars um, and his work in video games. Uh, his, you know, he's one of the voice actors uh, for Overwatch, one of my favorite video games. And, uh, you know, his just... Um, what he can do, his range is amazing. So he went, he goes from being clones to, to a frog lady. So uh, not that Dee's listening, but definitely a shout out to Dee Bradley Baker for another amazing job as the frog lady in this episode. But uh, yeah, baby Yoda, people wanted him. People got him. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think? <laughs> I think, you know, Poor baby was hungry. I'm sure uh, Dinjarin is uh, not uh, privy to the needs of a 50-year-old infant, but, uh, you know, he took the opportunity. One of the things that you posted um, a couple of uh, days ago, if not, uh, I think it was yesterday, but I do definitely see that uh, somebody on the creative team is definitely a fan of KOTOR. Um, and some of the old, uh, old Republic stuff, uh, you know, the, the frog lady was heading to, I don't know if it was the planet or the system, it was Trask yep. and Trask is, uh, definitely pulled from, uh, old canon, if you will. Um, but I recognized the name right away and, uh, I was, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised, uh, again, a lot of throwbacks. You can tell that uh, the folks behind the scenes are, are really, you know, trying uh, to give the fans uh, uh, an experience that uh, that is worthy of a Star Wars, and I, 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 I'm here for it, man. Definitely. I mean, to see names that are, you know, in the Star Wars lore, thousands of years old, and see them being brought up to current—that that's an amazing thing. I think my son nailed it. Uh, I, I. I don't think there's too much to look into as far as baby Yoda goes in the eggs. Um, he ate the frogs in the first season. 
right? We saw that in uh, what the first or second episode he was eating frogs and these are nothing but, uh, you know, really baby frogs. So it matches what he did the first time, uh, maybe actually even a little more humane than <laughs> what he did in the first season. Um, but I think it's just as simple as, uh, somehow he's still an infant and he was hungry. Do you, does any part of you think there's anything else to look into on that, uh, as in uh, maybe dark side uh, hints or tendencies? Absolutely not. This is a creature eating eggs, period. <laughs> One of the things brought up, you, you said cooing. One of the things brought up on Twitter I saw and I, I agreed yes. with, uh, you know, 50 years old or not, um, you know, why is he still cooing? What, what are your thoughts on that? I, uh, you know, they're, they're making him sound, they're making him really sound like an infant, like a baby, like a human baby. You can hear like the little oohs and ahs and the, you know, the little gurgles and things like that. And, um, you know, if anything, I think, I, I think they should kind of alter that a little bit. I think, um, I don't know if I like, uh, the child cooing like an infant and I don't know why. Cause I guess he is a child. He's a baby. Um, but it, again, it all depends on how growth, uh, how, you know, how rapid their growth process is. Um, you know, we don't know that, but, um, I don't know. Something, something makes me not like baby Yoda cooing like a baby. Yeah, it's not even cooing uh, backwards. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, but uh, any <laughs> chance that either they um, lied about his age uh, or perhaps he's a clone with some growth acceleration? Or do you think it's just kind of a little bit of bad writing with having a 50 year old still cooing? Well, you know, I'm not going to blame it on bad writing. I just, uh, you know, I, I always tell, you know, uh, one of our patrons, Amanda, um, we were DMing each other, we we're talking about. Uh, you know, age in Star Wars and things like that. And I, I did mention to her that, uh, you know, on Earth we measure, um, you know, a year, uh, you know, the one revolution around the sun, et cetera, et cetera, and, a, you know, 24-hour day cycle with the uh, rotation of the Earth around its axis and things like that. So, uh, you know, from a scientific standpoint, like my nerd brain says that other planets which uh, may or may be bigger or smaller than Earth may have to revolve around different suns, ha should have a different way of, of, you know, telling time or at least, uh, you know, a calendar, uh, I guess a length of a calendar year or a time frame. Um, I think it, it should be different in another galaxy because... You know, we don't we don't know how they do it. So I um, I don't know. It's it's kind of a tricky thing uh, to to say that, uh, you know, Yoda's 50 years old and he should act like a 50 year old. But uh, species uh, unbeknownst to us, uh, we don't know how they age. We don't know how anybody ages in Star Wars, you know, unless you want to kind of use that as a frame of reference. But that would be no fun. Yeah, it's all different. It's all different. Do you think we'll see him talking by the end of the season at all? Any words? You know, I don't know if, uh, if they are renewed to the industry standard of, uh, five seasons, maybe at the end or, or at the beginning of the fifth season, perhaps maybe as time goes by, we can maybe get, you know, some, some words. Um, but I don't know. To me, it's interesting because again, I'm always harping on this point. 
Like, what what is the end game here for Baby Yoda? And why don't we see any uh, any influence of Baby Yoda in, you know, The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi or, you know, Rise of Skywalker for that matter? We, we just don't see any, you know, did he die somewhere between, you know, the end of this story and The Force Awakens? Is he hidden somewhere? Where is he? Yeah. Another thing that's been bugging me, uh, you, did you have any other thoughts on Yoda or you want to move on to something else? No, we can move on with something else. I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are getting bent out of shape that Yoda was eating uh, the eggs, uh, you know, whether it's tongue in cheek or not. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of a fun little, you know, father son moment for uh, the Mandalorian and the child. Yeah. Just, just uh, something fun. I was also a little confused that uh, the mom wasn't counting her eggs uh, and made a bigger deal about it. So she didn't seem to be too overly concerned. Uh, she had a certain number when they got on board and she, I don't know, she, she didn't count. So I'm not sure how much she cared about them. Probably get some flack for that. But, and the other thing that, that's, that goes partly with that is when, uh, when she left the ship and she was in that uh, sauna when they were, uh, re, you know, getting them back and putting them back in the jar, it seemed like a lot more than what uh, she left the ship with. Yeah. They, she just kept on, they just kept on like putting them in and putting them in. I'm like, wow, that seems like a lot more than what you started with. Yeah, Did I'm you just sure. find them? Or, you know, maybe, maybe she went to the sauna to lay more eggs. Yeah. I thought so. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Nice comfy place to lay some eggs. But you know, the other thing that's uh, kind of been confusing me a little bit is the status of the new Republic military by the end of aftermath, oh, uh, yeah. which is, you know, uh, ends about one year after uh return of the jedi they pretty much said that they're going to disband i think the or they they wanted to disband the new republic military um but here we are five years after uh return of the jedi and we still have new republic ships um and they're not local boys they seem to be part of you know the new republic itself um, so I'm not quite sure how this timeline is going, how long they actually did have a military. I know in, um, uh, bloodlines, they talk about, you know, disp- you know, the, the military has been disbanded by then. And I think that's about 10 years before, uh, the sequel trilogy. But, uh, so the timeline may, it might always be fuzzy as far as that goes. Uh, but what sure, were your yeah. thoughts as far as, uh, the, the X-Wings? Did you like seeing those? Oh, I love, I always love seeing X-Wings uh, and ships from uh, the original trilogy. And uh, kudos to Dave Filoni for coming back and putting on the, the, the suit. Um, I wish he had more lines, but I guess that went to uh, his uh, actor friend, uh, what's his name? Uh, the other X-Wing uh, pilot. But um, it was really great to see a little interaction between uh, the uh, the Mandalorian and uh, X-Wing pilots. I'm always happy, and I posted it, I'm always happy when I get to see some uh, original trilogy X-Wings uh, take off. Uh, it's definitely a sight to see. Yep, and uh, that was Paul Sun-Hyung Lee as Captain Carson Taba. Uh, that was the other X-Wing pilot. And, of course, Dave Filoni as Trapper Wolf is his character. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I... The, the Rebellion was always a ragtag bunch of guys, and I think the New Republic had a hard time getting away from that. So I think you'll still see a lot of individ, individualization as far as the squadrons go and the New Republic. But yeah, it was definitely good to see them 
Uh, I like the little conversation at the end. I, I thought it was a little uh, weird. Uh, I guess I can understand it, them not helping out. I thought it was a little weird, them not helping the Mandalorian out at the end. But I guess it's understandable. Yeah, I think the episode kind of ended very uh, easily and, and neatly. I, I wanted it to keep going. Um, was that episode the same length as the first nope. one? Nope. Yeah, we, uh, yeah we're already... Uh, that was right around 40 minutes. So I think maybe just over 40 minutes. So we're already a lot shorter than what we were in the first episode. I think this is going to be the standard, to tell you the truth. Yeah, and I think uh, I felt it this time because, like I said, towards the end of that episode, it just ended uh, very uh, easily and, and neatly uh, for me. It was just like, oh, okay. Um, one thing I do want to mention that chase uh, of the uh, Razorcrest uh, being chased by the X-Wings uh, through the clouds was uh, fantastic. I oh, yeah. love that. Love that. Yep. And I love the, you know, they're using a lot of the uh, kind of a swish pans and the snap zooms um, to kind of photograph the, the chases. It makes it a little bit more realistic. I know a lot of people don't like that. It, um, it's a little jarring, but uh, I personally, I, I love that. It adds a, a sense of realism to it, uh, especially if you are, you know, trying to portray that uh, you're, you're a camera guy you know, somewhere in a stationary area trying to look for these ships, uh, you know, shooting them. So as I guess as a photographer, I kind of appreciate the uh, the chaos uh, that it takes to to uh, to photograph that scene. So kudos to the team for that. I want to get your uh, expertise, uh, uh, opinion on this, how they're going from scene to scene. And I wish I'd, I don't know all the terms. Um, I know that, uh, you know, Lucas used a, a you know, quite a different uh, number of them as far as, you know, vertical movement or horizontal movement across the screen to, to cut to the next scene. Uh, and this one, I noticed there's a lot of going to black and then coming back. Um, you know, what's that was jarring to me because that yeah. definitely says television to me. It's, it's almost like a commercial break. Right. So, I, yeah, Fade I want to, to get your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's. Yeah. I, you know. I I, uh, I wish they would stick to the uh, Lucas uh, way of doing it. The uh, ver the wipes uh, they're called yeah. wipes. So wipes. back and yeah, forth, yeah, uh, yeah. either vertical or diagonal. I love uh, that's very Star Wars to me. And uh, this I, I definitely, obviously, as someone in the uh, television film industry, I kind of it was it was a little jarring to me, especially watching a Star Wars uh, for them to kind of like fade to it. It's, it was almost like where I was watching you know, one of the Ewok adventures on ABC back in, uh, back in the nineties, <laughs> you know, they would fade to black and I was expecting, you know, ABC will return with the right. Mandalorian. So it was, it was weird. Now here's, um, here's something to think about, you know, uh, getting off topic real fast and still kind of related to that. Uh, CBS all access has released the first season of star Trek discovery on regular network uh, television. So I, it almost gave me the idea that in three years, uh, Disney's going to do the same thing, but just release the episodes uh, on a regular basis, uh, and then they would have to be formatted to TV, and this is kind of the start of it. But I, I don't think they would do that from a creative standpoint. It doesn't seem like they would uh, cater to kind of like the lowest common denominator as far as prepping a brand new episode for television air at this early in the stage. Um, 
I, I think, again, it's just going back to what you said. They're really formulating this to be kind of a serial, uh, you know, these uh, weekly adventures. And that is just part of the creative decision stylistically that they're using. I mean, I don't think they could retroactively do it with Mandalorian. I don't know how well that worked, but Disney owns ABC. Right. Um, so there's no reason. I don't. Yeah, they they, they want to get their. They want to get their buck off Disney Plus, but uh, there is another another whole pot of gold uh, with putting something on uh, network television. So Absolutely. I don't see, you know, whether it be a uh, a cartoon or, or a live action. This is what Lucas wanted to do back in the '90s. He just couldn't pull it off. Uh, I don't. They they have the uh, resources. They they have the bandwidth. They own ABC. I don't see why they wouldn't uh, throw something on there as well. I don't think they want yeah, to share content. You know, I think they want to probably keep Disney Plus exclusive. But I think, yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity if they don't get something on ABC at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since uh, you know CBS All Access, CBS has is doing it with Star Trek uh, Discovery, uh, the first season. You know, you still have to pay for the second season because that's coming out weekly. But uh, I'm sorry, the third season, and um, you know they're doing it. Uh, you know three seasons away. So who knows, uh, in, in a year and a half, we might actually get Mandalorian for people that didn't spring for Disney plus, uh, you know, when it came out. Um, and you're absolutely right. That's a, a new, uh, form, uh, a new stream of revenue for, uh, for Disney. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, definitely part of the business model as far as making money. So, uh, yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, uh, I think merchandising is back on the uptick. Um, you know, uh, why you is that? Both, why why is that? Merchandising people excited. is excited. Yeah, people are excited again. <clears throat> uh, you know, there it's uh, you know they there's there's no squabbling. I'm, well, there's always going to be squabbling because we're Star Wars fans. Um, but uh, you know, there's these things that we've talked about that are universally liked, and uh, the Mandalorian character um, and Baby Yoda. You know. And, and these stories, these uh, what they're putting out, what Filoni and Favreau are putting out, they're, they're feel-good stories, and people are happy again to be Star Wars, um, you know, fans. And they're looks like they're giving a crap as far as the, I mean, we saw the same. I feel like we saw the same stuff on the shelves for about three years, and now they're finally putting out, you know, you know, different looks, you know, same same toys, different uh, packaging, but it looks like they give a crap again. And it looks like they realized what they did wrong. So, again, I think uh, Disney's a little bit late figuring things out, but I think they did again, uh, the merchandising team at least. And uh, they're, they're capitalizing on this, you know, uh, rejuvenation, I think, of the fandom. This is the way. This is the way. I mean, yeah. Things are going off the shelf now. They they already have pre-orders for for Christmas stuff, and they they couldn't keep them on the shelves, you know, digitally speaking, um, you know. So it, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan if you like merchandise. I think it's only going to get better. Absolutely, I'm very happy about that. I, uh, you know, got my baby Yoda. I got uh, some Mando figures. So uh, yeah, absolutely for sure. And I know. Um, talking, I, I always love talking about collectibles and Star Wars, obviously, uh, as you can see behind me, if, uh, I might've reached a saturation point, but, uh, if I see something I like, I'll, I'll still probably pick it up. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, the Mandalorian, 
there is no saturation point. We've both figured that out. Like, I mean, yeah, right. did I need a did I need a talking Babu freak? Uh, well, yes, I did because <laughs> because I bought it and it's amazing, and I would buy it again. But uh, are are you ready to rate this thing? Are we ready to unveil our rating system? All right, the Scare of Scuttlebutt rating system for Star Wars: The Mandalorian. Um, I'm glad you guys uh, waited and uh, stuck around for the end of this because, uh, yeah, it, it'll be fun. Um, we're going to be rating the episodes uh, on a scale of one to what? Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll before we get to episode ten, we'll have to do episode nine as well. So we'll use our. Right, you know, so be thinking about that as well. But uh, something that uh, another brilliant idea of mine that came to me about uh, one minute before we hit the record button. Um, you know, we have our scuttle and we have our butts, and uh, between the two of us, we have two butts uh, approximately. <laughs> and doing the quick math on that, that equals roughly four scuttle cheeks. So we are going to be rating the Mandalorian on the scale of uh, well, I guess zero. Zero to four scuttle cheeks. Oh. But uh, I think we need, we need to play some catch-up, and we need uh. to rate uh, the season premiere as well before we get to the current one. So, Ro, how many scuttle cheeks do you give the first episode of season two, episode nine? How many scuttle cheeks are you giving that one? Oh, my God. I cannot wait to create a graphic for scuttle cheeks <laughs> rating system. That's going to be... Uh, that's going to be fantastic. So, uh, a scale of zero to what? Zero to f- how many cheeks are we working with here? I'm zero to four ch- scuttle cheeks. Zero to four. You know, um, I'd probably have to give it uh, three and a half scuttle cheeks. Episode <laughs> nine, the marshal. Um, I don't know how you would split up a set of cheeks. Uh, might be a little odd uh, visually, but uh, yeah, three and a half scuttle cheeks for me, uh, the marshal. Um, Although, you know, when you think about what happens at the end and who turns around, you know, I might give that just by itself half a cheek. So are you up to four scuttle cheeks or are you up to are you sticking with three and a half scuttle cheeks? Let's uh, uh, let's stick with three and a half. Let's uh, go with my gut. Three and a half scuttle cheeks. All right. Well, I am going to echo. See, I figured one of us was going to give a four and one of us was probably going to give a three. So we would have uh, masked out the three and a half scuttle cheeks for episode nine or episode one, however you want to look at it. So uh, I will echo your rating and i will also give episode nine 3.5 scuttle cheeks so the season premiere gets 3.5 scuttle cheeks well uh, again rose in charge of the graphics uh he can figure <laughs> that out uh, it's gonna there's probably gonna be some uh, stormtroopers on, on the beach um they don't tan very often so uh just stand by for that but uh now on to the current episode uh i guess i will start uh on the current episode since you just went first and, uh, you know, people are going to see this as a bad thing, and I don't mean this as a bad thing, but uh, I'm going to give it two scuttle cheeks. I'm going to give it uh, one standard scuttle butt or two scuttle cheeks, um, but uh, still very enjoyable. But as far as what they can put out, what they can produce, I'm going to give it two scuttle cheeks. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to kind of agree with you again. Uh, you know, I'll maybe add the extra half a scuttle cheek to make it uh, two and a half scuttle cheeks. Um, only because, you know, I really, really enjoyed how they brought the uh, spiders to life from the Ralph McQuarrie concept painting back in the day. I really, uh, I really enjoyed that. And obviously, you know, the special effects are always top notch. 
Um, but, um, you know, the, the Ralph McQuarrie, all the callbacks in that episode are, are really great. Um, Amy Sedaris's character, what was her name again? Uh, Amy Sedaris's character is named, uh, Pelly Motto. Pelly Motto. You know, I, I, uh, she rubbed me the wrong way the first time we saw her in the first episode or the first season. Um, I think I, I liked her in this, uh, the second time we see her, she was a little bit more, um, I don't know if I got used to her, but, uh, I liked her. So I, I, um, I think again, you know, two and a half scuttle cheeks on, uh, the passenger episode for Mando season two. This time you have gone too far. You know, that makes us 2.25 scuttle cheeks. Uh, are you sure you want to go with two point? Cause I don't know. Are we breaking this down into... Are we splitting hairs here, uh, so to speak, on these cheeks? You want to go up or down? You want to average them? I mean, we can, you know, just for safety's sake and and, uh, just to be good sports, I think maybe we should uh, average up. You want to average up? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess we would average up. So, yeah, we'll we'll go uh, 2.5 scuttle cheeks for episode 2 or episode 10, however you want to look at it. Scuttle cheeks, Brad. Where do you come up with this stuff? Well, we know I'm not quite right <laughs> up, up in the head, so they just kind of come to me. My moments of brilliance, and here Excellent. we are. Excellent. So, guys, uh, we are rating the episodes in scuttle cheeks, and I hope you enjoy that. Uh, we uh, we certainly. And once are, Ollie gets a uh, get, you know gets wind gets of, this, hold of this, once, oh once he God. catches wind, uh, once we break it, <laughs> once we uh, break I think he will also. Uh, have some good graphics for us. So we encourage our listeners uh, to uh, show us how they rate the Mandalorian as well and how many scuttle cheeks they would give it. And uh, feel free to add some graphics to that as well. Uh, PG 13 or less, please on those graphics. Can't wait. Can't wait. Excellent. All right, so we got some questions from our Scuttle Buddies on Twitter. We asked folks to ask Team Scarif anything they may want to know about Star Wars. And uh, we got a couple of questions for us. And the first one, Dave Lee Richards asks, uh, well, he comments. He says, the child acted like a complete dick in Chapter 10. Yes or no? Brad, I know we, uh, you know, we mentioned we were talking about it before we started the show, but, uh, um, you know, the, the kid was hungry. Come on, give him a break. Well, I think the answer is yes, but it's also nature's way. So <laughs> this is the way. This is the way, and life definitely found a way uh, for circle for, of life. Uh, circle of life. Yes, mm. yes. We got another question again from uh, one of our original Scuttle buddies, uh, the great Ali K, and uh, his account, Aliisms. I know you guys uh, from time to time uh, watch him walk his dog, Jasper. Fun, fun account. Take a listen to this question. Great episode of the Scarif podcast this week with Ask Team Scarif. I have another question for you. What's your favorite non-pedal or droid character of all time? Non-bipedal droid character of all time. Is it bipedal or bipedal? Eh, Tomato, tomato, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But um, 
I knew that Let's question see. was coming too, and I completely forgot to think about it. You know, Star Wars is replete with uh, all sorts of uh, creatures and robots and things like that. It's really hard to pinpoint. Uh, you know, if we go with the original trilogy, I, you know, a lot of people are going to say, you know, uh, R two D two. I mean, he's got uh, three legs. He's got that, he's got that third got leg. That you third know, leg. So. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You got Jabba. Many, you got you got Jabba up there. Yeah, Jabba's up there. I was gonna say how many uh, how many non bipedal. You said characters? characters. So I'm trying to think. I mean, because yeah, um, droid bipedal droid characters. Grievous has you four know, arms, but still two legs. Sure. Yeah. That's a good one. We have to th- really think about that. We uh, might have to uh, owe Ollie an answer on that one. Yeah, but uh, maybe Darth Maul when he uh, when he was in spider form. Or half form. <laughs> or half form, yeah. No no pedal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get back to you on that one, Ollie. I'm sure as soon as we uh, get done recording, someone's going to pop in my head. I'm going to be sure, mad yeah. that I couldn't think of it. So another question. This is a good one, from, again, from Dave, uh, Dave Lee Richards. Uh, do you think Disney will ever give us a TV show and movie based on new characters and stories unconnected to the movies? Uh, I'm assuming he means the, uh, you know, the uh, original movies. Or do you feel that it's too risk, risky, uh, risk-averse? Um, and... Uh, very interesting question. I think, you know, obviously, in order for Star Wars to grow and continue, uh, you know, into the future, they're going to have to give us Star Wars that has nothing to do with Luke, Vader, and Han. Um, especially especially now, since we've kind of uh, wrapped up the sequel trilogy, who knows where we're, we'll go after that. I know they're going backwards now with uh, the books and the material that we will get, uh, you know, sooner rather than later with uh, Project Luminous. But, um, you know, I think right now they're probably a little afraid to, to, to go outside the realm. Obviously, we see the success, the great success that The Mandalorian is having uh, in this universe that is very familiar to Star Wars uh, fans. You know, we've got Tatooine, we've got Sand People. Everything that uh, Star Wars fans are familiar with and love. So I do think it's a little bit of a risk uh, to go outside the the lines there. But uh, like I said, in the future, in order for Star Wars to grow, we're going to have to get new stories, whether you like it or not. I agree. And they are really pushing the High Republic. So I would be very surprised if we didn't get some High Republic content. Um, you know, as probably on Disney Plus, it would be a good fit for the, you know, for an ABC like like we talked about earlier. But I'd be very surprised if we either get a live action or probably more likely a cartoon um, storyline uh, regarding the High Republic. Uh, in the most recent comic books, again, more references to the High Republic, uh, both characters and places that we're going to see. Um, they're really pushing that. It's going to be a multimedia as it is right now. And I'd, I'd be very surprised if we didn't see that on Disney Plus at some point. Yeah, they have the perfect avenue to be able to release whatever story that uh, they want. And, uh, you know, whether it be Disney Plus or, you know, short form uh, comics or novels or things like that, I think uh, the uh, the stage is set for uh, anything they really want to do and, and give us games, obviously. So, uh yeah, just looking forward to some new stuff. I think as long as the stories and the characters are well written 
and um, you know, I guess I don't know, free of controversial takes. I don't know, whatever, however you want to define that. We are not here to tell you uh, what to think or how to think, but uh, you know, however you want to define that. Uh, you know, we, we obviously are experiencing a renaissance in Star Wars with the Mandalorian. I know we saw a uh, meme that said the Mandalorian must, uh, you know, have to have uh, shoulder surgery because of the weight that uh, it's carrying on uh, uh, for Star Wars fans. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, what happens. that meme was in regards to Pedro Pascal, and he is doing an amazing job. But if anything, I would say it's Filoni and Favreau that are going to need the uh, lower back surgery. Um, and but. They're they're up to it, and uh, they they love where they are right now, and you know, it shows every week. Absolutely, and I think uh, I love where they're at now too. I can't wait to see the rest of the season. I can't wait to see the rest of what Disney is uh, going to be offering us in ways of uh, the other series that we're you know waiting for nervously, uh, cautiously, and excitedly. We've got Cassian coming. We've got Obi Wan, Ewan McGregor, and. Uh, you said it earlier. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, and I agree with the Renaissance term as well. You know, with with Cassian, like uh, again, Disney. Uh, you know, their their moves. Um, some of them split the fandom a little bit, um, and I don't think that was intentional, but it just kind of happened naturally. Um, but you know, Rogue One, uh, I think it's a favorite. Uh, you know, doesn't matter which. You know, whether you like the sequels or not, I think Rogue One is. You know, it wasn't received that well at the beginning, but I think you know it, people have come to love that. Um, you know, I've I've loved it for years now. Uh, so I think bringing the Cassian series and all the cameos that we're going to get in that show, uh, yeah, truly a renaissance. So we also ran a poll on Twitter. Uh, I was just kind of curious, you know, where people's minds were at, where, you know, where the hearts were at, as far as what do you like in Star Wars? What is your favorite thing in Star Wars? Uh, is it the, the wars, uh, you know, the, the, the conflicts, whether it be between the rebels and the Empire or the First Order and the Resistance? Or was it about the mysticism in that universe, the Force, the Jedi, the Sith? Uh, I, you know, created the poll and my personal bias was actually towards the wars. Uh, I have been military for many years, but, you know, even well before that, I always thought it was very interesting, you know, whether it be space combat, ground combat. Uh, I love seeing all those things. Uh, you know, we saw in Rogue One, as we spoke of, um, you know, that's what, what, uh, really connects with me. Uh, I love the, the Jedi and the Sith and uh, the force, but, uh, you know, that's what resonates with me. But, uh, what, what were the results of that poll? You know, it's funny because as much as people, um, were complaining and bent out of shape about the midichlorians, uh, of, you know, the force and the mysticism of the Jedi and the Sith won by, uh, by a lot, as they say, uh, in the election these days, they won by a lot. It's uh, 81% versus 19%, 19%, less than 20% were really into the wars. Uh, and uh, like I said, it, it surprised me because I, I would figure that uh, people really like the excitement of, of, you know, the conflict uh, and the wars. But, uh, 
you know, George Lucas really has uh, had uh, something going there, the mysticism and the the lore of uh, what the Force is and who the Jedi are in relation to the Sith and the galaxy uh, in general. Um, It's actually kind of refreshing. I think... uh, you know the 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 mysteries of life is are questions that we all ask each other in one form or another through beliefs, uh, religion, and things like that. And uh, it, it's kind of cool that we see that Star Wars is no different. Eighty-one percent Force Jedi Sith versus nineteen percent the Wars. How about that? Well, it's kind of what I expected, but you know we could look at it that way, or we can say one in five Star Wars fans really love the Wars, and uh, that's still a good percentage of the of the fandom. So not not surprising, but uh, yeah, uh, you know that's the, the Star Wars fans have spoken. And speaking of the Force lore, I want to remind everybody that uh, Charlie Skywalker over at Star Wars Through the Ages is going to be dropping an episode real soon about the Force and religion. So I can't wait to listen to that. I'm kind of jealous that uh, we are not on it because I know we could uh, definitely uh, provide some insight. It's uh, a topic that is uh, really interesting to me as far as Star Wars. So uh Check it out, guys. Star Wars Through the Ages, Charlie Skywalker on the Red 5 Network. Take a look at the website and uh, follow us. Give us, a, give us a jingle. Give us a follow. I don't know about a jingle. That sounded weird. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's loaded. But, uh, you know, how many other podcasts out there are talking about cheeks and butts uh, in the Star Wars universe? Probably none. Because they're smart. But here we are. And, You're listening uh, to us. And I'm so proud of you. for thinking of that well we'll see if it takes excellent thank you guys for tuning in to our episode 2 review and discussion on the Mandalorian season 2 episode what was it called again The The Passenger Passenger, um, you know, he probably would have. Uh, Frog Lady would have saved uh, saved some heartache if uh, he just called. If she just called an Uber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get what you pay for. You get what you, you pay get for. Get what you pay for. But uh, looking forward to uh, the next episode. You know, it's uh, it drops in a couple of days, but. Uh, you know, if they really want to do it serialized, uh, I wonder if they would ever be up for, you know, doing next time on The Mandalorian and you show, you know, a couple of scenes, uh, cut scenes and this and that, just to kind of get people excited to, to see what's up. Um, I mean, talk about TV serials and uh, and that format. I think that would be a, a very interesting thing to do. Oh, just one more thing or a lot more things for us geeks to be talking about throughout the week. Speculation. Exactly. And uh, just remember, folks, that it is always sunny on Scarif. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, and that's the Scuttlebutt. It could be the Scuttle Cheeks, too. And those are the scuttle cheeks. The scuttle cheeks. Oh my God. Well, have fun editing that one.
Hey, Star Wars fans and friends of the podcast, don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt.